0: You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue.
1: You don't know about the the other side of the pyramid? The fifth side? It's called the floor, you dumbass. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to make sure he realizes there is a fifth side in the pyramid. And once you open your fucking mind, I'm the goddamn family. All of them, and I believe none of them, which makes me an expert. (laughs) Hello, everyone. This is Chris from the Cryptic Conspiracy Cult. Uh, I am without my co-host, Quinn Riley, today, but we have the one and only Alex Stiff. Hey, hey. uh, Here to talk about a a fun
0: conspiracy. (laughs) Yes. Probably one of the first conspiracies I ever really hardcore dug into. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And what's fun about it is it's so dumb, it's fun. It's so dumb, but everyone believed it for a minute. Yeah. Everyone did believe well, that's a cool it. That's the cool thing about conspiracies.
1: You're going to believe it. Hell, CNN released a poll not long ago saying that 70% of the people polled didn't believe JFK was assassinated by Lee Harvey Oswald. So That's scary. 70, 70%. It's a good, it's a good number. No, yeah. 70% probably don't own guns, but. <laughs> <laughs> But, but uh but yeah, today we'll be discussing and delving into the one and only Paul McCartney and the fact that he he died. Yes, Paul McCartney is dead, ladies and gentlemen. You've heard it here first. He was replaced by, a, uh, I guess, a just a lookalike, because they didn't really explain, like, from the research we've done, we didn't find out whether or not this man was a fan of the Beatles at all. He just looked like Paul.
0: <laughs> well, well, there's a couple different ways, but one of the first things I want to mention, though, is... What what made this so interesting, at least in my book, is when you hear about a celebrity or an artist death hoax, you always hear the opposite. Oh, they're still alive. Yeah. Whether it be like Elvis, Michael mm. Jackson, Tupac, yeah. they're all still alive Biggie. on an island yeah. somewhere. Yeah.
1: Prince, <laughs> Prince, Prince is still alive.
0: Yeah, Prince.
1: Prince did, and Michael Jackson just wanted to retire and want to be left alone. Exactly. So so did David Bowie. Yeah. So
0: yeah. So it's like that's that's the prevailing. David thing. Bowie went
1: home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he went home back to whatever fucking planet him and Christopher Walken are from. <laughs> oh my God, oh, you're right.
0: <laughs> Goddamn weirdos. But but I think this is what captivated me the most about it was it wasn't like you know oh Elvis is still alive you know we here's a grainy airport photo mm-hmm. of him from ten years later or some shit. This was someone died and there was a massive cover up to like keep it going. Yeah, and, and it's and I will say. One of the main, or at least one of Chris's main uh, topics of research for this, was a documentary, quote-unquote, a film, I should say. Yes, a film. A film that came out in the early 2000s called Paul McCartney Really Is Dead, The Last Testament of George Harrison. Yes. In which Chris did a little bit of digging on the uh, director of in which we'll get into that I'd say near the end of the episode yeah. um, but that was a wealth of information I remember watching that uh, film actually with Tony of uh, Dirtbag Love Affair and yeah. now Grave Rollers uh, I remember watching that with him in the living room and both of us just being in awe over it and semi like believing it like wanting to fall into it and just be like yeah 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 but it, it's
1: extremely captivating, and the reason it's all was, was that the time he first heard of that conspiracy.
0: I feel like he had heard about it before, but like this this reinvigorated uh. the conspiracy all over yeah, again. So I felt I, if I first heard
1: about this conspiracy back in two thousand eight when I was in high school, because another conspiracy was rolling around that Avril Levine w- was killed. And replaced. Interesting. Yeah, that's 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 kind of the same kind of path that everyone's been going down with these two characters. And like another one is uh, other not not so much as actors or actresses, but royalty have been replaced. Right. The same way. Uh, the fun one is uh, some chick named Megan Merkel. Uh, uh, why does that name sound familiar? Uh, she was like an American who married one of those motherfuckers over there, mm. and like. You always see videos like,
0: oh, here's her with her plastic face. Is this really her? I don't know. Oh, uh, I feel like that yeah. was one of them also where yeah. it was like, uh, the, oh, no, I'm thinking of the uh, the royal couple where they had like the actual wax figures out. And everyone's like, look, see, they're fake, they're robots. And this no. is like, no, that was literally a Madame Tussauds thing. Fuck. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> and,
1: yeah, so Alvaro Levine was uh, killed and killed, not Not died in a car accident like Paul McCartney. Yeah. Or so the story goes, but she was murdered and thus needed to be replaced. Yes. Which I think is batshit (laughs) insane. And just like all good conspiracies,
0: there are Jews. (laughs) There are Jews involved. Just like you said in, in all these other episodes with Quinn, in some way, shape, or form, the Jews get referenced, and sure, as shit, at least in this little film uh, explaining everything, they, it gets brought up once, and it's crazy. And the other funny thing is, just like all good conspiracies, there's root, there's roots and nuggets of truth all within it. Oh yeah, that's what great. That's what makes the conspiracy great.
1: It's like a religion, you know. We take things that are practical, like yes, the trees grow up. The, the sky is blue. But then the conspiracy part was well, the, cons- the the sky's blue because you shouldn't touch yourself, <laughs> <laughs> and and you know the animals live because you sh- probably shouldn't be a homosexual. So so there's there's the good stuff, the real things, and then we just cherry pick the other shit we want to add to it. Yes, <laughs> and like it, it's fascinating watching this process. It's kind of like watching. A man put a nuclear bomb together. Yeah. Because you know the end effect. But you're just like, oh man, there's just such these little things. But like if I take the album and put it at a 45 degree angle, write the word T on it, there's a cross. And now, now, oh my God, the who are actually the Beatles. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck, how did I miss that?
0: (laughs) Well, before (laughs) we get too deep in the weeds, uh, let's at least uh, lay a bit of ground rules, kind of like what you guys do um, with sometimes with like the cult and conspiracy episodes. Let's go ahead and lay out the facts. Okay, yes. Let's lay out the actual hardcore evidence truth in all of this. The only major like truth that can be found is that Paul McCartney did suffer a car crash. Yes. In November 9th, 1966, Paul was involved in a car crash, uh, but uh, and essentially it fucked up his upper lip. And that's one of the reasons throughout time mm-hmm. he slowly grew a beard. Yeah. he didn't. It fucked up his face, and anyone that's been in a car wreck, you know, you get swelling, you get a sore. And people also forget there's not long periods of time between all these Beatles releases. This band was together for barely ten years. Oh well,
1: yeah, it's, it's no different than you know Leonard Skinnerd or Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath, their first year had two albums. Yeah. So like, you're talking about bands who are just pumping out fucking hit after hit because they fucking have to. Yep. Because they're not making a shit ton of money on the one album. They're making money on touring. Oh, yeah. And the
0: only reason the to tour is to promote a new album. <laughs> like, seriously, I'm looking. The only year that they only released one record for the year was either in 65 uh, for Rubber Soul and then 68 for the White Album. Those yeah. are the only years they released one album that year. Every mm-hmm. other year is two. Two albums a year. Yeah. They lived in the goddamn studio. Yeah. So for the simple fact that he had that car wreck and then immediately photos were getting taken. Yeah, he might be kind of like favoring one side yeah. or you know start growing out a mustache because he doesn't like the fact his lip doesn't look exactly the same as it did. And before. another and
1: another thing that that you know on the fact end of this, every album was an LP almost. And inside of every LP are photos of yes. either tours that were promoting that album or tour photos that were done within the studio.
0: Yeah, candid photos. It, yeah, it's just whatever. like, hey
1: man, here's Paul, you know, getting blitzed on fucking <laughs> on fucking cocaine. And we fucked with his face. We put string cheese on his face or some shit. Oh no, 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 that's not that that can't be that practical. Oh my god. They can't be regular human beings. They're fucking the Beatles, god damn it. You yes. know, like you need you need these candid shots you know and it's great and you know as someone who owns you know lps just like you Mm -hmm. it adds to the experience we've talked about that before that all those photos in there are a cool little additive to everything if i open an album and it's just blank with just some fucking words on it like a book i'm gonna be a little pissed yeah and, like, they, their album covers are fucking weird as shit. Because all
0: all album covers are weird as shit. Like any record cover from the 60s, man.
1: Yeah. <laughs> or any, any fucking era. Molly Hatchet. Flirting with disaster. is Guess what? Their album cover is a Viking tearing through a forest with super detailed and superimposed, like a goddamn comic book. That doesn't fit. That doesn't fit at all. No. But, like, these... These would be the most normal fucking guys. Hey, look, we got, we did a forced perspective and we're all looking down or we're all looking, you know, we're, you know, Rubber Soul is like the classic one. That's the most ca- the casual looking fucking one they have. Yeah. And everything else. It's a goddamn cartoon. Yeah, absolutely. Ab- Abbey Road. Oh, yeah. They all just dress uniquely to their own person. And I think that's something the Beatles actually kind of hold on, hold true on is they're always different. Yeah. Every the individual Beatles are always different. You have the the Jesus like fucking John Lennon, who's always kind of free spirited, especially with Abbey Road. He's got the long hair, he's got the beard, he's wearing a white suit, which doesn't you know doesn't mean business you know. It means flamboyancy, much like David Bowie. George Harrison's wearing a fucking Canadian tuxedo, all Jean and shit like <laughs> like <laughs> That's what he's wearing. Ringo is just dressing the part. You yeah. know, he's like, "Yeah, man, I'm dressed like a roadie." You know, <laughs> and like Paul McCartney doesn't wear shoes because he doesn't fucking have to because he's the leader of the goddamn Beatles.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, so he he does suffer the car wreck in '66, uh, and throughout that time, you know, everyone was kind of it, it, everything kind of landed in a weird spot because, as you mentioned earlier, with things. How the Jews get wrapped into it. Uh, only a year or so before this car wreck had John Lennon made the proclamation that the Beatles were going to be larger than Jesus Christ or more important than Jesus Christ. and More that, popular than Jesus. And more popular. And that, of course, enraged the Bible Belt. And he also made a flippant comment saying that um, the music industry and the, uh, and the business of it all uh, was just the extension of the Jewish religion. Yes. <laughs> That's all he said. That's, but that was enough. To basically make them go into hiding, they stopped becoming a touring act shortly and after. This is that. not an
1: anti Semitic statement. He's just
0: stating something that he noticed. Yeah. A
1: lot of producers in the music industry happen to be Jewish. That's all he said. Uh, if I was to say there was a group of lions, what would you call it? a group of lions a pack yeah 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 yeah. what's a group of owls called a parliament what do you call a group of Jews (laughs) of the record (laughs) industry a coincidence (laughs) so that's all it was it was just a fucking coincidence and he said he was more popular than Jesus because what's going on in the 60s a bunch of fucking hippies who left home, left the Bible Belt, and listened to fucking rock and roll, decided to do some fucking dope. And guess what? You can't do that in church. Nope. So guess what? They're, yeah, they're probably fucking more popular than Jesus to those kids. Absolutely. And, and that's exactly what I was going to say much on that. Of a, as much of an ass that
0: he is, he was probably kind of right. <laughs> and, and also, least we forget, these are teenagers. Early 20 year olds talking shit. Like, yeah. these aren't adults. These these are kids that are like getting into weed and LSD and everything else and talking shit, getting on a microphone going, we're more popular than Jesus. Don't hold these kids to such a high standard. It's almost like they're a bunch of punks. Oh, maybe. <laughs> maybe they were punks before they were. I mean, they were loving all that distorted music and shit. They just didn't yeah. know what punk rock was. Yeah, the,
1: you know, it's, it's an ebb and flow yeah. that comes in. Dewey Cox invented punk music back in Memphis.
0: <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> uh, but the rumor really took place and really came into its own. And October 12th of 1969, when a caller called into the Detroit radio station WKNR-FM and told disc jockey Russ Gibb, not Russ Ward, about the rumor and all its clues. Because at this point, we've had a couple re- album covers. And we're going to get into all no. that when we talk about the actual documentary. Because the, the film, the documentary... Present, presents a beautiful narrative. Yeah. So, like, what he calls
1: the end, it's no different than coast to coast AM. Exactly. Yes. Well, well, Todd, don't you? Hey, we got caller here from Gainesville, Florida. Hey, hey, Russ, did
0: did you know that Paul McCartney's actually dead?
1: Of course we did, son. Everyone knows that. Did you know Obama is a lizard man? <laughs> just like, yeah, but it's like it's the same fucking thing. Just yeah. <sighs> Yeah, fuck yeah, I did. Have you ever heard of a band called
0: Aerosmith? <laughs>
1: yeah, fuck yeah, I have. Ozzy bit a bat at all? Fuck yeah,
0: but not everything about Ozzy is not true. Everything about Keith Moon is. <laughs> and uh, and <laughs> shortly after that, uh, two days later, actually, the Michigan Daily published a satirical article, a satirical review mm-hmm. of Abbey Road by the University of Michigan student Fred Labor, who would listen to the exchange on Gibbs' show under the headline "McCartney's Dead." New evidence brought to light, and it identified various clues of McCart- McCartney's alleged death across various Beatles album covers, particularly the Abbey Road sleeve. And later, Labour was interviewed and said that many of the clues uh, that his interview uh, that from his story were he just picked up across different newspaper clippings and articles because it had started gaining that sort of speed and mm-hmm. momentum. And kind of shortly after that, it really died off. Uh, Paul McCartney himself uh, did a little photo shoot, you know, and a little thing in Time Magazine being like, I'm not dead, motherfuckers. <laughs> you know, and just, and just it kind of squashed it. And it just more or less kind of became a joke, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. And I, it feels like everyone just to a point forgot about it until – this documentary came out in the mid-2000s. And I remember when this came out vividly because a lot of people started talking about it again. And it reinvigorated my interest in it because I had heard the rumor and I had always kind of chalked it up to the joke. But I also remember my mother having some friends that were big Beatles fans. And I remember even before this coming out, me mentioning something about the joke. And one of them went, you don't think it's true, man? Yeah. And like he kind of fed into it, so now when this film comes out, I'm like, ooh, I really want to see it. So let's go ahead and dig into this. And you watched it, yeah, just a minute well, ago. A,
1: another another part of this, uh, because of Detroit, mm-hmm. uh, when this is happening, a important character who involves himself in really fucked up situations. He's basically an ambulance chaser. Uh, is named F. Lee Bailey. Uh, for those who don't know, F. Lee Bailey is a lawyer, but he's a lawyer extraordinaire. He's the Johnny Cochran before Johnny Cochran. He's the the crazy asshole who represented George Zimmerman and Casey Anthony. Got it. Uh, in history, F. Lee Bailey is fucking insane. Okay, he 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 looks for like coincidences. And trails it in the legal forum. Uh, Patty Hearst. I don't know if you've ever heard of Patty Hearst. No. Patty Hearst went nuts. She got kidnapped, went nuts, and robbed a bank with these fuckers. And then said she had Stockholm Syndrome. He defended her in court. He also defended O.J. Simpson. Lovely. He's a fine gentleman. He's a, he's a benchmark in shit culture. <laughs> <laughs> but... Because he got involved in this. This is where I first learned about Paul McCartney, the, the thing. He was pushing for an investigation of fraud. They don't mention it in the, in the whack documentary. Um, <laughs> but he had pushed for an investigation into bringing Paul McCartney to take a lie detector test to prove that he was, in fact, Paul McCartney. And it became—it's it, a part that they don't show because if they did show it, it would just make the documentary fall apart. <laughs> Kind of like if you told him like letters aren't numbers Mm -hmm. and there is no secret code on the Lonely Hearts Club band. (laughs) It's just a a collage made by John Lennon when he was
0: high. (laughs) That's all it is. Well, this is the thing that really hooked me about this documentary. They didn't just run down the different album covers and what all the different clues could mean. They didn't just talk about the radio thing. It opens on July 1st, 2005, in which Joe Gilbert from Highway 61 Entertainment receives an unsolicited package to their office in Hollywood, California. There's no return address label and is postmarked in London. And inside is a mini cassette player and two mini cassette tapes. And the cassette tapes were labeled The Last Testament of George Harrison. And on the tapes was a voice claiming to be George Harrison telling an incredible story about how Paul McCartney died and this guy replaces him. Uh, Joe claims uh, that for Joe, the guy running Highway 61 Entertainment, Mm -hmm. claims that they tried to authenticate the tapes for five years and over three different forensic labs, but each test came back inconclusive. Yes. I remember when you watched that, you went, so it's bullshit. <laughs>
1: Immediately. So, so, anytime you watch something like this, and they can't find a professional, keep in mind, professional still exists, folks. Uh, they couldn't authenticate something that's bullshit. Guess what? It remains bullshit to this day. Yep. <laughs> like you could, you, we could YouTube scroll, Google search, but I am not an expert on audio medium, and I don't know anyone that really is. Unless they work at a fucking university yeah. and teach that shit. And if you can't find someone and you can't back pay someone, guess what? Your shit's bullshit. <laughs> and I love I love the fact that big jot word that comes out that really pisses me off on conspiracies. We have unsolicited information. Yes. Unsolicited. Okay, you didn't
0: ask for this. So someone gave you this. What That's, makes Highway sixty one Entertainment the important route for them to get these not, tapes? Why not?
1: You know, the New York Times, the BBC, the, the BBC. Look it up, folks. BBC on Google. Look it up. You'll find. <laughs> it, you'll find the truth. But you know, big black truth. <laughs> he died that year. He died the year that they got these stupid fucking tapes, and at no point then they go on like CNN or Fox or anything about like. Hey, man, we're going to be releasing these tapes we got. We, it's kind of weird that we got them. We're, <laughs> we're all going through an author, auth, authentic, auth, uh, authentication process. Authentic, yeah, a whole process trying to get this shit solved. And as soon as we do, we're going to show it to the public. You know, George Harrison, big part of the music scene, big part of the Beatles, but also in the music scene itself with Eric Clapton and every other fucker that came around. Yeah. He had a guitar that gently wept. It's it fantastic. <laughs> um, and at no point do they do that because
0: Joel is a piece of shit. <laughs> we will get into Joe Gilbert a little later. That'll be the nice little cherry on yeah, the top and, on all this. And like,
1: so we get these tapes, and it ends with it begins with him saying, "Oh, I'm in the hospital." Yes,
0: this so- cocksucker came to my house and stabbed the shit out of me. Yes, yeah, so so again, a little nugget of truth to be had in all of this. Uh, So, supposedly recorded on December 30th, 1999, in the Royal Berkshire Hospital in Reading, England, following a knife attack, in the night before, George goes to explain uh, the attack and pose that he knows the reason behind the attack. So yes, George Harrison, in his estate, a crazed person, crawls through his window and starts stabbing the shit out of him, and barely makes it out. Like, that almost did put him in the grave. And... I find it really interesting that he basically claims that he tells his wife to fetch his mini-recorder so he can put the story on tape in hopes that the tapes will protect him.
1: First of all, if you know anything about George Harrison and the history of this of this fucking fantastical story, he's been attacked multiple fucking times in his house. In fact, it's a running joke on Family Guy. Peter is the security guard. Just listen. And you hear, oh, you hear the (laughs) <laughs> He's like, hey, hey, keep it down there. You crazy beetle. And he goes back to watching Sanford and Son. Like, that's, that's that's a running gag. Yes. He'd been attacked multiple times at his fucking house. John Lennon got shot in front of his house.
0: By okay. signing an autograph for a fan.
1: By Stephen King. Stephen King <laughs> killed him. That's that's the best conspiracy. That's a better conspiracy than this. But, <laughs> but like... They're super fucking famous. Of course, someone's going to take a pop shot at them.
0: Yeah. Because they can. So, I know you say you're not an audio engineer, scientist, professional in the slightest. I can't tell what pissed me off more was the way he said cassette tape or, like, schedule. (laughs) (laughs) So, this is the part that bugs me to death Mm -hmm. i'm not a professional in the slightest either i can mess around with a audio recording Mm -hmm. software and get some pretty decent results out of it but i am in no way shape or form a novice a professional anything but i know what a tape recorder sounds like when you record your voice on it Mm -hmm. i know that um not only from the music I listened to, but I had one of those mini tape recorders yeah. with the little mini tapes. My family had one of those, and it was fun because uh, I would like make them laugh like hell because it had a, a speed change on it. So you could record at yeah. a slow speed and get a lot of content, record at a faster speed, higher quality. Well... I also figured out if you recorded one way and then flipped it, it would be, you know, warped and shit. So (laughs) I just record myself like on the normal setting going like, I want coffee, 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 coffee. And then put it on the high speed and play it back for the folks and they (laughs) laugh. That shit that you hear from George Harrison throughout this entire documentary is so crystal clear. It sounds nicer than these microphones. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous! The motherfucker is in a sound room, mm-hmm. the sound-alike is in a sound room, <laughs> yeah. claiming to be George Harrison. That was the part that was enraging and annoying me the most, because let's really paint the picture. He's laying in the Royal Berkshire Hospital after getting stabbed mm-hmm. nearly fatally, and he's recording on a mini-tape in a hospital, It's not going to sound like this. He's not going to be sitting here, ha ha ha, giving all these quick little anecdotes about everything in such clear, concise ways. He's going to be hard of breathing. He's going to be like, this is George Harrison. It's going to sound like that. Like, what the fuck? If
1: if I was going to do a mockumentary about someone who died in a fucking hospital like George Harrison... I would have at least made the timely edit of, if anyone's listening to this, this is George Harrison. Today's date is blah, 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 1999, probably like a week or two before he was stabbed to death, saying, I fear for my life, and I'm making these tapes. Boom. Please give these to the proper authorities. If something I, I'm heard, happens, I'm totally feared for my life. You know who did that? Uh, famous, uh, a famous uh, YouTuber did this, but before he died. So, then guess what? There was an investigation and they found out who killed him because that's how that works. Yeah. If I go, if I say here on this show, I have no inkling about killing myself, I do not want to kill myself. I do not feel depressed. So, if you find me, dead in my house it's alex's fault alex <laughs> killed me please you heard under, it here first. please understand alex murdered me because i know the truth about him <laughs> shit okay
0: no one can find out
1: yeah he's actually allergic to peanuts that's his ah! that's his
0: truth i met someone who was allergic to peanuts i called him weak he didn't like that test. <laughs> <laughs> and then george harrison i throw in large air quotes then goes on to uh tie john lennon's death by mark chapman into the whole narrative claiming that john rang him around december 1st 1980 saying that he was going to go public and tell everything about paul then eight days later he died yeah and now i must also say the editing in this documentary this film Superb! Oh god, it's hilarious! Every time someone says the word "death," "dead," or "die," the word comes across the screen in yeah. like bold letters, and you get the.
1: What well, they use? They use like what? Probably what was Adobe Premiere? <laughs> and like and like you can see like the pictures. <laughs> Windows of Paul, Movie Maker. Yeah, it's Windows Movie Maker. And it's a it's a faded picture of Paul McCartney's head, and they do the burn effect. <laughs> It just like, kind of like sizzles away, and then it's just like, and then Mark David Chapman shot John Lennon. Yes, <laughs> shot my friend John, and it's just like, shut the fuck up! You you are out of your goddamn mind, dude. He died because Mark David Chapman is fucking nuts. He was a lunatic. He believed in little people, <laughs> like on his in his brain. <laughs> like you remember the Bender episode where there are little people living on that? He believes that. <laughs> So
0: Fuck. <laughs> So the documentary goes on. Uh, so he he says that you know as, as Lennon was going to be telling him about it, he dies eight days later, and then goes on to give this brief little summary of you know the backstory of the Beatles, how they met. Mm-hmm. Again, you you are supposed to this entire time be hearing it from the perspective of George Harrison. Mm-hmm. He's the one telling it all, so. and like
1: and like they kind of they kind of like it seems legitimate when they're talking about that from that end. Oh, no, you know, John and Paul were friends. Uh, I was friends with Paul. He told John I could play guitar. I was a little young. John didn't like me that much. And I was kind of the baby of the group. And, yeah, that's see, that's that's some like VH1 behind the music type shit. Yeah. That's, that, that's cool. It's fitting. It's got a nice little tone to it. And then it turns into this fucking First 48 fucking City Confidential shit. And I'm just like,
0: What happened? (laughs) Why, Why did it derail so fucking fast? So it leads in And it gives the first little piece of truth It says November 9th 1966 Paul's involved in the car wreck But then this when the narrative changes Yeah It says but within this narrative After finishing at Abbey Road Studios And after Paul and John had already shared some words Which also was true They were not getting along at the studio at What the time, four guys Paul... in
1: a room who play music the other day, Can't get along for a
0: day Whoa holy shit Fuck! <laughs> so it's all of this is true Paul and John John had a disagreement. Paul left in a huff, got in his car and sped off, got in a wreck. He was all right the next day. Yeah. So within this narrative, uh, the there is a police officer that knocks on the Abbey Road Studios named Maxwell. And Maxwell informs them of Paul's wreck, and they all pile into this police van and return to MI5 headquarters. Well, wait, which, well, wait, first they go to the wreck. No, they go to MI5 first. Okay. They, they, I, I, <laughs> out of all of it, I wrote down the beginning of it almost word for word because it's mm-hmm. so funny fucking asinine mm. so they returned to mi5 headquarters in which max bell was to pass no explain to the folks what mi5 is so we have the cia here yes who do nasty shit to
1: keep us free the mi5 do the same thing for the british people to keep them free
0: Yes, uh, the, uh, it's the UK's domestic uh, counterintelligence and secret agency. Uh, the, service is directs, uh, the service is directed to protect British parliamentary and democratic and economic interests and to counter terrorism and espionage within the UK. It's spies. Yes. High-level shit. 007 is in my six. Yes. That's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's as far as that goes. So th- they say they arrive at the headquarters and Maxwell briefs them. He goes, okay, Uh, we have a suspect here, uh, says that a Paul McCartney died in a car wreck, and um, we need you to examine him. And they're like, what? Identify the body. Yeah, and they're like, what? And they're like, yes, uh, come with me. They get back in the van, (laughs) and they arrive at the scene of the crime. They arrive, and they see a mangled white car and a woman in a light blue dress named Rita, claiming the corpse is the one and only Paul McCartney after the rock star gave her a rift a lift during the rainstorm. He picks her up and overwhelm, which is over so Oh my God, it's fucking Paul McCartney just starts tugging on him all this bullshit weaves Fucking flips the car, crashes it, whatever the fucking narrative is, and she's able to get herself free and call for help. But by the time she has returned, the car has exploded and McCartney is decapitated. Yeah. So here's the problem.
1: Uh, I don't know if you've ever actually seen an Austin Healey. Uh, an Austin Healey is a uh, is basically a coupe speedster. Yeah. Um, 007 had one in one movie. They're, they're neat looking cars. If you ever watched Austin Powers, he usually drives a coupe. Heely, um, it has a hard. It's a hard top convertible. Mm-hmm. All right, so they're saying it rains, but when they show the vehicle, there is no top. So Paul, so I have to believe because he never does any more, you know, falsifying that he drove with the top down. With a random bitch in the car while it's raining because he she needed a lift because it's fucking raining. That is either the most asshole-ish move <laughs> or the fastest way to get a woman wet. Like, I, like, that is that is fantastical. <laughs> Only Paul McCarty can do it, they went, baby. Oh, my, oh, my, oh my god, Paul! Paul, and the fact that they said he got decapitated. Yes. Now, now I so. Car safety back then is a fucking joke. Seatbelts don't exist. Hell, the idea of putting on a seatbelt meant you were a pussy. So, <laughs> I could believe someone probably did get decapitated in an Austin Healey at one point.
0: Well, so, but, but, say, but, but, but this is the way it ran down though. So the car crashes. Mm-hmm. Rita is able to get herself out of the car. Paul cannot. So she goes and calls for help, and while she's calling for help, the car explodes, and that's what decapitates him. And here, here, here's, here's another problem I have with it.
1: They talk about the vehicle swerved, and to, he did an overcorrection because of the oncoming vehicle. I believe they describe it as a bus or a, a double-decker bus or something like that. Yeah. Later on in the this mockumentary, this fuck whistle... <laughs> says they put subtle clues in songs and backwards thing and one of them was I swerved to miss a pole. So either someone is high yes and can't keep their fucking conspiracy straight. Yes. Or you just gave me evidence that you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> Both. Both. <laughs> and it's just like he either swerved to miss a bus or he swerved and hit a pole. It's either or, not neither nor. Okay. <laughs> Alright, you gotta fucking pick one. And please keep your conspiracy straight, which is which is why this story kind of melts on itself. Oh my because god. Because it doesn't keep itself
0: straight. It doesn't keep itself straight from the moment this part ends. So, mm-hmm. so this is like the big setup. And this is why I gave this mockumentary so much props. Mm-hmm. Everything that I'm listing right here, and the reason why I wrote it down in such detail is I was telling you when we were watching it, I said, isn't it amazing, though, how many dots they can can connect? And you went, yeah, especially when you're drawing your own fucking dots. There is so much that happens in this little part of the narrative that it creates Mm -hmm. new hints and new tips. It's insane.
1: So, well, that's, that's, the, that's the great thing about more masterful conspiracies mm-hmm. is if I say something, you're going to believe it. Yes. Like jet fuel can't melt steel beams. That, that's false. It can. Anything hot enough can melt steel. Uh, no one can shoot three bullets at 250 feet at a moving target within six seconds. That is a lie. Marines do it all the time. He was a fucking marine, all right. You can't get that many people into a car, but yet clowns do it every day. (laughs) (laughs) And it's
0: just it, it, and I'm just like,
1: why? I I, you know, I love making up facts. It's fun as shit. Oh yeah. Sometimes you can't tell if I'm telling the truth. It's fantastical. I should probably be in an asylum,
0: but this right here is. Word jujitsu. <laughs> oh my God! Yes. Yeah. So so this is where it really starts. They start drawing a lot of their own dots for them to connect later on. Okay. Helen Keller hitting a page. It's dot 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 dot. Absolutely. <laughs> Due to the explosion, Paul's decapitation had suffered his decapitated head had suffered a great deal of trauma, blowing out nearly all of his teeth, aside from the two molars poking out on both sides of his cheeks, and which Maxwell, the cop, just flippantly kind of makes him look a bit like a walrus <laughs> in which Lennon starts pummeling him on the chest screaming no I am the walrus not Paul not him I am the walrus I am the walrus <laughs> when I was watching this back I had to pause it and walk away a minute because I had completely forgotten about that part. (laughs) The fact that
1: there's a headless corpse on the street and a head exposed. That may or may not look like a walrus. Uh, the, the, The sheer audacity. Of him just saying this stupid shit out loud. I knew right away. I'm just like. These people have to be the dumbest. Or the most conniving people. I have ever seen in a film.
0: <laughs> Maxwell's a son of a bitch throughout this whole movie. Because he's fictitious. <laughs> He'd never, he never was real. He's a Voldemort in this situation. Now I do have to make mention. If any hardcore Beatles fan is listening to this, they've probably already called the first shenanigan. Yeah. Okay. Why would John Lennon be upset screaming, No, I am the walrus. I am the walrus. Clearly, that would be a reference to their record. But that doesn't come out until years later. It does not come out until years later. This supposed incident happened in 66 hearts club band doesn't come out until 67 along with magical mystery tour in 67 as well again two Mm -hmm. albums per year so again this doesn't come out for a fucking year yet maxwell's making what seems to be a reference yes to it interesting kind of falling apart there at least in my book coincidence I think not! Eventually, Maxwell gets them back uh, to one of the side rooms to gather themselves as he starts making phone calls. Uh, Maxwell then emerges and states that Her Majesty's government believes that Paul's, if Paul's death were to be made public, a rash of suicides would likely follow. In which, now the documentary, mockumentary film, decides to show all the Beatles' hysteria going on. Now, let's Pretend, Okay, pretend we are in this weird MI5 fucking government world. Fuck, there's a lot of ashtrays in here. Um, (laughs) If this had actually happened and Paul McCartney did die of this car wreck, let's say even as brutally as they said, fucking rolled the car, it fucking explodes, decapitation. Do you think there would have been a large outcry?
1: No, and I can give evidence why. The day the music died in America, where Buddy Holly died, there was no mass fucking suicide. He was the biggest fucking thing in music.
0: Not only that... I, I don't know- think he taught Beatles mania, though. Now, now before, look, I, now look before, my argument is not coming from a big no, Beatles no, fan. I am a casual no. at best.
1: No, It wasn't just him, though. Buddy Holly died, and then another died, and then Patsy Klein died, and then... All these huge artists die, mainly in plane crashes, because you can't trust aeronautics. Uh no mass hysteria happened. That is the biggest myth about society that this mass panic will begin because this buck-tooth fucking Englishman died in a car accident. James Dean, the biggest fucking thing on film died. How many people do you think died? Because of that. Yeah. You know the worst thing that happened because Buddy Holly died? His wife had a fucking miscarriage. Mm. That was the worst fucking thing. Yeah. That's it. That's
0: all that is. Lady Gaga could die tomorrow. (laughs) Everyone would be fine. Look, man, the the reason why I have to still ask that question, one, is I, I totally hear and feel where you're coming from on that. They never had Beatles mania. They never had girls like screaming and fainting and like there, there's like that uh, footage of like when they came to the U.S. and they played that TV show and it's like you could not hear them play yeah. because the cr- audience would not shut the fuck up like they are screaming the entire time. I don't think James Dean had qu- he did have a lot of that, but I don't think he had it to quite that I think, level. I think they give it. There too, was a lot of they hysteria. give it too much credit.
1: They give it too much fucking credit. It, it's this stupid idea of something new. And it's all Americans. Mm-hmm. It's ninety five percent of it was all Americans. Elvis was pulling puss from fucking back in the day, and he dies. Well, Your mama, and he dies in the fucking seventies. There was no fucking mass hysteria. They died in an accident. People died in accidents all the fucking time. Yeah, this stupid, like, that stupid idea of hysteria. Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you justify the hypocrisy of? I hate these four little fucks for creating counterculture, but no, i got to protect them because if they die, all these fucking
0: youngsters are going to cry and bitch and kill themselves. Well, they, they semi- explain it, I guess. Uh, yeah, so when he uh, says that it's a, ma- a rash of mass suicides were likely to follow, therefore uh, it must be kept a secret for as long as possible. And I, 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 they, they do, I didn't make the note, I thought I did, but they do kind of explain it where it was like this was like one of the most important things that like the UK had that like it w- it had the potential to like the Beatles had like the potential to bring about this piece if they played their cards right. Yeah, it, it was some weird. It, it didn't make sense. And then this is when it's not like, you know, they had, you know, 30 other great.
1: British bands waiting in the weeds.
0: No, not at all. Not a whole lot of copycat bands I would have just thrown on those mop tops and ran right the fuck out there and did it. They were good. They're,
1: almost, they're
0: like the monkeys. They were good. Yeah. And, and like I said, and none of this is coming from a hardcore fan and none of this is coming from a hater either. I have a good, healthy respect for the band. Mm-hmm. And I, I I like Beatles 1. <laughs> you know, that, I think that's a solid record of all their best songs. And I recently watched Get Back recently and that was a lot of fun and it's funny because get back i feel kind of put a lot of this into perspective it made it just even better of like a what the fuck yeah uh but yeah so this is when another little nugget of truth comes out um they decide that uh john has a backlog of songs that he and paul had written and along with some unfinished ideas roughly 50 songs you know and kind of keep pushing it forward but how are they going to do it well let's hold a lookalike contest and this is another one of those tiny shreds of truth. There was an actual lookalike yeah. contest that was hosted by Dick Clark of all people, <laughs> who looks like the Beatles. And it was never like an officially voted thing. It was supposed to be like, here's all the contestants. Now the viewers at home vote. Send in your, you know, uh, th- your uh, letter to this address here, and we're tallying the votes. But much like all that shit, it's a flash in the pan. No one gave a fuck by the next week, and they never announced an audience, uh, an, a, uh, a winner. But that's not what happens in this narrative.
1: You know how popular that is? What? Lookalike context. Oh,
0: look-alike. very popular. Very Charlie, very Charlie popular.
1: Chaplin. Charlie Chaplin entered a lookalike contest and fucking lost. Dolly Parton lost in a drag show. She's five foot tall. You know who won? A person who was almost six foot tall. Holy shit. Yeah. So these lookalike things are no different than reality shows. Yeah. And I'm just like this. This
0: is your thread. All right, run it. Let's see how far how far before I can tear it. And now this is also the tiny bit of shred of truth that even all the debunkers have not been able to go. Here's a definitive answer on what this is. Mm-hmm. This is also, like I said, the the one little piece that they like holding on to really hard. There was an unofficial winner. Yeah. And his name was William Campbell, a.k.a. Billy Shears, and his name changes, it gets flip-flopped. No one can figure out where the first mention of him was, but he was mentioned all the way back in the original radio broadcast, mentioning that Paul was dead, that there was a guy named Billy Shears has taken up the mantle of Paul McCartney and that he is actually Paul, not the guy that you see on stage. No one has been able to figure out where that person came from, though. But he also shows up in Beatles songs written by a name. And that's even Beatles historians have not been able to figure out who Billy Shears truly is. So that is probably one little bit of the mystery, though, that I like mm-hmm. is that this Billy Shears, William Campbell guy kind of shows up. In this whole narrative, and even like actual archivists are like, yeah, we, we that name starts popping about. Even Paul McCartney jokingly says, "Oh, I'm not Paul, I'm Billy," like he even starts kind of owning into it, leaning into it. Some. No one knows where this name came from. If I wanted to speculate, where it probably came from,
1: they were on the, probably a bender. At some point, met the Campbell fella. And like, hey man, I'm thinking about doing music, but I kind of want to change my name because I look like Paul McCartney. And they're probably like, "What you go by, William Shears?" Nah, Ringo says, "Nah, man, do uh, do uh, Timmy Shears." No, nah, <laughs> no, do Billy Shears. That's kind of a cool name. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't it be a wild coincidence that the guy that calls into the radio probably was Campbell or fucking Billy Shears? Ooh. If I had met the Beatles, and they gave me fucking advice, and it kind of didn't work out, and I looked like Paul, uh, I met Paul, and he was in a car accident right after I met him because he was a drug addict. (laughs) Um, Not yet. Not yet. We don't know if they did drugs in the mid-60s. He said he tried LSD four times. <laughs> he might have fucking got high and forgot he did so. <laughs> so, if I was a disgruntled person, mm-hmm. or not even disgruntled, just someone who wanted to do a little bit of mischief, yeah, Been like, cause a little troll. Hey, Detroit, I got this wild ass <laughs> story for you. Did you know Paul died? <laughs> yeah, man, this guy Campbell fucking showed. <laughs> His name's Billy Shears. He's the real Paul McCartney man. <laughs> now did what I just say sound like a better fucking conspiracy <laughs> a little bit so I bet I could make a documentary oh my god <laughs> Uh, so this if I find Billy Shears and he lives in like Goldsboro, North Carolina and like runs a fishing shop or some shit, <laughs> I want a million dollars.
0: So Billy goes under plastic surgery to start looking a lot more like Paul, which also kind of showed up in uh, other tellings of this uh, narrative throughout the years before this mockumentary was that uh, Billy had to go under prosthetic surgery and all this in order to more look like Paul. And this is also when the whole documentary for any sort of beatles historian fan anything falls apart because again paul's car wreck was in november 9th of 1966 in this documentary rubber soul is the first album they choose to show all the hints and clues that Paul McCartney is dead. Rubber Paul. Rubber Paul because of the plastic surgery yeah. that had to be done and the grieving said. And if you look at the album cover, the cover is warped in such a way that, you know, because Billy and his plastic surgery wasn't fully there yet, they needed a way to kind of warp the image so people didn't immediately find out that it was Paul. Ignoring the fact that this was recorded in October to November of '65, released in December '65, a full year before Paul McCartney's car wreck. <laughs> well, like,
1: now, now, now would be a good time to add to the conspiracy that they had planned to murder. <laughs> Oh, my God. Ringo has solely been trying to murder the Beatles. <laughs> one by fucking one. And it's because like, he's not the best drummer in
0: the band. <laughs> <laughs> and then they go on to say that uh, Revolver, it had to be drawn because they didn't want to risk it again with trying to take another photo of Paul. Um, and Oh, oh, and the other good one was, again, they fight to find anything. Not only was it the warped photo for Rubber Soul, Rubber Paul the photo itself was taken as if it was the perspective of Paul looking up from the grave. Yeah. Yeah, fuck it, why not? It's not like, you know, some photographer who worked a whole fucking
1: week trying to get that cover right. Yeah. Probably like did all this work and some showed saying Oh, no, it's with the perspective of Paul. No, no, I used an angular filter. and like, <laughs> No, and a little I smudge bought, right here. Yeah. I, I, I got a new camera for all this, <laughs> and they paid me lots of money.
0: <laughs> this is my. This, I'm really proud of this, actually. go
1: to the revolver. Oh, it had to be drawn because we can't show pictures. If I open the fucking album, there's pictures of them. <laughs> in fact, there are pictures of a live show in that goddamn album, if I remember. Yes, there is. And one of them is Paul just
0: side-faced. Why? Because the photographer took that picture that Noah's way. was hiding the scars. Yeah. Fuck it. Why not? Why not? <laughs> and this is the first time a lot of the lyrics start coming into play. Oh, and, God. Uh, my, I, I, I did not write down all of them. I wrote down just a few of the good ones. Uh, but my favorite out of all of this was Eleanor Rigby. How yes. the song Eleanor Rigby was from the perspective of the small secret funeral they had for Paul mm-hmm. and that like it was supposed to be only like I think Maxwell was there because of course he has to fucking be there along with the three He's Beatles. Your villain. Yes. Along with the three uh Beatles, the pastor that uh uh, Harrison made very important Father McKenzie. note Father yeah, McKenzie. that they later made, Father McKenzie, yes, made very important note to say that as Paul was being lowered into the ground, he was holding his hand up, which then creates the dot that they can make for every time there's an open hand near Paul's head. <gasps> Look. It's yeah. symbolism for that, because sure as shit, on the animated revolver cover, there's what looks like to be kind of a hand-ish shape near Paul's head. <gasps> I think if ignoring me and you, this also came out before the wreck. I think I think me and you
1: could sit back and make a documentary just like this about
0: Peter Chris being dead. Uh, uh, Danco Jones has beaten you to it. He took this sort of inspiration and created a whole thing on how Peter Chris is actually dead.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and I think I think we could do another one, proving that Gene Simmons isn't Jewish. Uh, <laughs> we could do this for and, any artist. Yeah, any artist. Bill any Cosby's artist. not not real. Uh,
0: no. Um, <laughs> But like Bill it. Cosby was created by the white media. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> that sounds about as believable as every other thing we cover on this show. Yeah, why
1: not? Fucking Jimmy Carter gave uh, Alzheimer's laced jelly
0: beans to Ronald Reagan. And now another great one. And I saw out of my peripheral when this one was happening, and you were just face palming, rubbing your face the entire time. It was the Yesterday and Today butcher album cover. And now this album cover is notorious in the Beatles circle, anyway. Because outside of this conspiracy, it's a fucking weird album cover. It is. It's the four Beatles sitting around with like bloody pieces of meat and like fucked up like uh, baby doll parts. It's a statement cover. That's what all was it the is. statement though. These fucking, fucking hippies. Who fucking cares about these fucking people?
1: <laughs> oh, everybody. Everyone has a weird concept album. Yeah. Every big band has one. Fucking and like, but
0: the music wasn't super concept. It was, so it was just. It a doesn't have to
1: be. It just has to be fucking weird looking. Yeah. Fucking. David Bowie had like fourteen different fucking personalities in all his albums, and all the covers look weird as shit. But <laughs> guess what? The music sounded good on all of them. Yeah. So like, who gives a shit? <laughs> but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just it, it's it bothers me that people get mad that the hippies made a weird cover and didn't use it. Yeah. What was what was Rubber Soul supposed to be, look like? What was Revolver supposed to look like? Yellow submarine. What was that supposed to Was was there actually going to be like a yellow submarine kind of thing or did they just pay an autistic kid to draw it? Cuz that's what it fucking looks like. Like you know what I'm saying? Like you're you're picking and choosing the battles on this thing and it kind of goes it goes on later to Abbey Road when we get to it, but it's just a concept album cover.
0: Yeah, but and the, it is just very weird though. I
1: bet you money that they were going to release another album with that cover. They had already just taken the photos. Yeah, that's it. That's all it was. You know how many photo shoots these fuckers probably did? And fucking it's just like, two a week. Yeah. Like, hey, can we use this as a cover? Sure, George.
0: Sure. Here's your here's your blocks. <laughs> Thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's it's just it's fucking funny. And then so the narrative they wrote with that was the the body parts and the meat and all yeah. this stuff was meant to you know signify Paul's death. Mm-hmm. Well, Maxwell hears about it. Uh-oh. You can't have Maxwell hearing about this stuff.
1: I'll beat the shit out of you. Maxwell do this
0: shows stuff. up to Lennon's house, roughs him up a good bit, and tells him to change the fucking album cover. And he's like, okay, I think that's a good idea. I believe
1: his exact words were cunts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you British cunts. Yeah. Change the album cover. That's two on the nose. Mm-hmm. The real story is they submitted it and Capitol Records went, what the fuck is this? Yeah, because they got sell it in America. <laughs> yeah, and they were like, it's our album cover. They're like, no, it fucking isn't. You can't, we're not going to release this. Do it again. Do it again. But we like it. Do it again and take a bath. <laughs> so they went, all right, fine. And they literally took, and I've heard the story on this, they said they took the most basic photo they could. They grabbed a little travel trunk, set it up, and they all just stood around it. Very and simple. eventually at one point Paul was like, I'm gonna get in the trunk. And like kind of scooted himself in and just kinda sat in there. They said they were just gonna make the most plain basic photo because actually when you look at that cover compared to all the others they were doing at the time, it's very basic. There's no effects, there's no backgrounds, no need- font anything just the four of them in there here but here. no paul mccartney sitting in the chest oh that's the sign that's billy Shear sitting in the chest to show that paul the real paul is actually dead and here, here, here's what i love about that you're
1: trying to take a photo for an album cover to feature four people symmetrically it doesn't look great rubber soul looks weird as shit because it's at a 45 degree angle it's kind of weird uh, what are the arguments they made? Oh, and and Revolver he's looking away everyone else. Everyone is looking away. <laughs>
0: I know you did that. too. Yeah, and Revolver and Paul is like straight side profile. He's
1: looking he's looking at you.
0: No, Paul oh, is no, looking John, straight. John's looking at you. Yeah, John's looking like, Ringo's before. looking
1: at like like a, like downward. Yeah. George is looking somewhere else, and he's looking somewhere
0: else. So yeah. Everyone's looking at a different direction. Yeah, but no, it's only Paul that's looking a different direction, signifying his outcastness it's from the group. It's fucking
1: hard to get four people to look normal on a goddamn album cover, it really unless is. Unless you divide it up a certain way. Second helpings. You know what they did? They did a geometric pattern and put everybody in it. Yep, and it looks even as shit. The Misfits poster you got right there. They look great with three of them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> No one gives a fuck about the drummer in the most. Exactly.
1: What is George Harrison doing in that weird meat one? He's just sitting behind him. <laughs> He's the fake one. <laughs> He's not real. I could argue more that George Harrison, who's always left a fucking center, is it is the asshole. Yeah. And like they talk about, you know, the inside folds and stuff like that. Uh, the one where uh, there's three black and white photos. Of Lennon, Harrison, and Ringo. And there's one with Paul McCartney with a red background. That's probably the best photo he took the whole <gasps> that, time.
0: That's near the end. That's the let it be album. Yeah, cover. but like that's yeah. probably
1: because he was growing his beard out. He didn't want to have a patchy fucking beard. And it's like, hey guys, you know, do the do the studio photo for me on this one. Yeah. Hey, hey man, I'm playing my fucking, you know, John Lennon's just playing this fucking heart out. He's like, Tribal screaming, or whatever the fuck he's doing, and it looks like a rock and roll cover, you know. But he's in the unfold. Ringo's just fucking got that smooth fucking mustache look, and Ringo, or uh, uh, Harrison is, you know, still got that jamming look with the fucking. Uh, Goatee and
0: everything. Yeah. yeah,
1: chops and everything. Yeah, these are the best
0: photos we have of them during this stretch of time. During these two weeks that they were doing something before they do something yeah. else in another two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> get over it. So now we move into Lonely Hearts Club Band, in which this is the one where there is a ton of fucking clues. You got to get all your fucking Coke mirrors out for this one because mm-hmm. you get because you get the uh, it, line up the mirror against the words and it shows like 11, 3, or... 11 9 and it was supposed to be like the the 9th of November that way uh, the night he died but in the way the British do it it's It's the date date first and then it's the month so in essence they would have been trying to actually tell us about September 11th
1: yeah probably fuck I don't
0: know that's another theory oh yeah that 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 would be a better theory. The Beatles are trying to warn us about nine eleven through the Lon- Lonely Hearts Club band. Yeah, it's,
1: all, it's all a conspiracy. Everybody knew about nine eleven, yet nobody did anything. And but we that, could, that's and, a
0: fantastical theory. And we could do an entire episode on just the clues supposedly laid on the Hearts Club band album cover. It's insanity. To uh, quote the documentary, it
1: was it was people who had died. Yes. People who came close to death. Mm-hmm. You're basically describing everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and the- Marilyn Monroe's on it. Fucking Edgar Allan Poe's at the tippy top. Dude, this is a pop culture menagerie.
0: <laughs> and, and they're all at a gravesite. Like the flowers are supposed to be part of the grave. I not get that. And, and, and like... I love how that one yellow patch of there's there's a yellow. oblong yellow patch of flowers mm. within this documentary. They made that yellow patch of flowers Four different fucking things. First. It's his bass guitar. Yes. And then if you rotate it another way, it's the shape of a P for pole. And then if you take the LTS, if you look, there's actually an I hidden in there. And there's all this other stuff. And then the, then the actual flowers actually spell out Paul and yeah. let Paul live. It's, just, it's like all this fucking shit. And the one I about died over. My favorite like, hint out of all this. That they said that the Paul McCartney on the cover of the Lonely Hearts Club Band was a cardboard cutout. And that they're holding up this cardboard cutout of Paul. Now, the reason I laughed so hard at that. One, let's just think of the logistics behind this. You would have to get Billy Shears dressed up in his Lonely Hearts Club garb, take photos of him, then print it out, <laughs> then do the full photo shoot. And let's also not forget that there are many alternate Cover or alternate photos of this album cover where Paul is walking around. They're in different spots, they're in different positions. The absolute lunacy in which they try to at least say that it's a cardboard cutout is the moments I'll go, why? There's so many other moments in this that like you can't disprove. Like there's one about like a phone number or something. Yeah. The, that was uh, on the Hearts Club band album cover. Yeah, the floral arrangement is upside down,
1: and it's numbers, and it's numbers to a funeral home. Well, we cannot confirm or deny this because we can't call that fucking number because it's not a full phone number. Yep, and it's not a number anymore. It is ridiculous, and that's the great thing about old things that are conspiratorial because you could just—I could just say out loud, yeah. The numbers on the, the if you take the first letter of every paragraph of this book and catch it in the rye, you get George Bush's commencement speech at Oxford. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> well, if you if I do that, it's nothing but gibberish. Well, George Bush speaks gibberish. <laughs> what a coincidence. Must... Bum, bum, bum. Salinger knew about George Bush. He knew about nine eleven. It, it, it's it's fun it's fun to talk about conspiracies because of the the reaching you the the mental gymnastics you need to do to get to where you want to be in the in it is fucking awesome yeah it and really it, is it's, it's the bees knees or and, whatever and, the kids say and this
0: is another dot they created early yes. this this little thing is a dot they created early on in the narrative mm-hmm. just so they can connect it now because then the lyrics of one of the songs on this record is the first time you hear the name Rita. Yeah. The woman that was supposedly at the crash site. They created the dot so they could connect it later. It's crazy. Can uh, can I ask you something? Yep. Let's
1: say he died. They said that Maxwell, our our villain, our uh, spook, uh, Paid Rita off to never tell her story. Yes. Okay. Let's the, the '60s rolled out. All right. They they're no longer a band. Well, Rita probably isn't getting paid any fucking more. I don't remember hearing uh, a Miss Rita come to, come forward and say, "Yeah, I saw Paul McCartney get decapitated." There's a reason. Yeah, <coughs>
0: probably. She was taken care of, Chris.
1: Yeah. Yeah, fuck it. Let's let that be the end-all be-all. All that. No, they were taken care of. Motherfucker, the people don't just fucking get murdered by the fucking CIA unless they're in South America. Okay?
0: <laughs> or Epstein. Or Epstein.
1: <laughs> like, they, unless they figured out the, how to make tea leaves into cocaine, like,
0: they're not going to be assassinated willy-nilly. <clears throat> and... I also like how they try to find any reason for some weird shit the Beatles were doing to connect it to this. Because at this point, it's when they sought out that meditation guy in yeah, real life.
1: Yeah, the, the, the guru
0: scam of the uh, mid to late 60s. Yeah, so as folks may know in Beatles history, uh, they, they go to this... What? Ashram. Yes, thank you. Uh, I didn't want to be insensitive and just call it some random bullshit. But a they, hippie they, commune. Yes. They they go to this guy, do a whole bunch of hippie dancing, take a bunch of fucking DMT <laughs> and trip balls and fucking come back hey, acting Ringo, all enlightened. up <laughs> and try to come back all extra enlightened and shit and they start adding all that weird crap to their music yeah, because uh, they uh, George Harrison learns how to play a scimitar or uh, not a scimitar. Centaur. No, not Centaur.
1: It's, uh, it's a weird guitar. Yeah.
0: That's Cap, all it is. Cap's sitting over here just cringing at yeah, us yeah, yeah, right if, now. Yeah, if
1: he was here, he'd play it. Get, <laughs> uh, he's
0: playing that. He's, he's They're all learning how to be one with each other. Whoa. Well, one is trying to become one with another. Yeah. The reasoning in this narrative is they're trying to form Fall's soul into Paul's soul. That's another thing. Fall. Uh, stop calling him that. That
1: makes your that makes your documentary seem fucking childish. Let's call him Billy. His name's Billy Shears. His name's Billy Shears, and he got fed up with all this bullshit, and he wanted to start some shit because you know his one legged wife wouldn't shut the fuck up. So he calls it he calls it a Detroit, and says, "Oh no, man, the real Paul McCartney died." Yeah,
0: that's what fuck it. But no, so, that, that, so that's the reason in this narrative that they went to do that. They tried to get in contact with Paul's soul and connect it with Billy's soul so they could finally become one. Yeah. But it failed. Yeah. It did fail. Uh, Maxwell then calls them back up and says to knock it off with all the clues. God damn it. Yeah. But Lennon was still steadfast in putting on clues, uh, so Fall was slowly getting better, but this is when he starts smoking more pot and taking LSD. So at this point, that kind of tries to explain why the real Paul McCartney in real life was starting to act all a little loopy and a little bit crazier. It's because supposedly Billy was self-medicating to deal the sur- with the, the, sur- the surgeries the surgeries, and the mental toll that it's taken having to become Paul McCartney. Yeah. No. Whatever. <laughs> it could just
1: be the fact that Paul McCartney just wanted to fucking relax. It
0: very well could have been.
1: Maybe. Probably not. (laughs) He probably just wanted to sit back and relax and probably think of, you know, hey, what's my next thing after the Beatles? Probably because that's what all of them were thinking. Yeah. Every band does that.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And and honestly, and they were at this point. After
1: you make it big, you know, you're going to be like, hey, what's the next thing? Because I've got to stay relevant. You know, Elvis, Elvis, when he first started, was with other people. Mm Mm-hmm. A whole contingent of people: Jerry Lee Lewis, Johnny Cash, all these guys. He was traveling with. Then he got big, and then he probably said, "Man, what do I do next?" Johnny Cash was actually doing with was it Willie Nelson and all them motherfuckers. You know, Jerry Lee Lewis just retired for a little while, wrote music on the sly, and that's like that's what all these guys do. They think of the next thing, and to say shit like, "Oh no, it's not Paul McCartney." it's a guy just having shit done to his face. That's why he's having drugs problems. Don't do that. <laughs> that's that's the same as saying aliens built the pyramids. You're slapping everyone, every motherfucker who died to put rocks together to look like the pyramids in the face.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so Magical Mystery Tour record comes along and of course we've got to make references and uh, pulls to the walrus and Maxwell shows up and lyrics there and everything in which real Maxwell does not like and rounds them all up and beats them all up and threatens threatens them to lay low and if they start putting in any more clues on these records he's going to kill them. Out of pure fear of what could happen they release a white album devoid of all visual clues. God damn it Chris. They're on it. (laughs) They know what they're doing. If only Maxwell had Open the album. <laughs> it saw a collage of photos, which supposedly you see a photo of Billy Shears pre-op in the corner. And now this is another one of those weird photos that even the historians can't quite put a finger on because they're like, this doesn't really look like Paul, but it also doesn't look like John or Ringo or George. Who is this guy? There is a photo in there of a person that doesn't even really look like Paul. They've tried figuring out maybe it was a passport photo. Maybe. Something along those lines. Some weird just photo that had to be taken for something. But the facial features of the person in the photo doesn't entirely match one-to-one with any of the members. I got a dollar saying it was probably Billy fucking
1: Cheers. The real Billy Shears. Yeah, he was probably with them at one tour or something, and they took a photo. They probably, he probably had to snap a photo because he wanted to go on the road with them, or he had to go in another country. It probably had to be a fucking passport photo. He had copies of it because back then you had five copies of every photo you had. Yeah. And he probably just snipped on, and it was probably in a bucket of fucking photos that they had laying down that their photographer, their professional or whatever— our manager said, Hey, let's let's keep it random, let's keep it weird. You know, it's like, Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, when they're putting this together, maybe, you know, maybe it wasn't the whole band. Maybe it was probably just Lennon and Ringo just yeah. Hey, let's put some photos here. Yeah, yeah. Hey, remember that show back in fucking '66? <laughs> man, that was a cool photo, man. I'm going to put you here. <laughs> hey, man, look what I found. Fuck, it's, oh, you remember Billy? <laughs> Billy Shears? Yeah, man. Cool. Yeah, man. Paul? <laughs> yeah, 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 Let's put that in there. Just, you know, just to, man, because. They're basically creating photo albums for themselves. They are. That's all that is. It's probably Billy Shears. And Billy probably saw that, snapped, and said, I'm going to call Detroit. I'm going to break the fucking news. I I am the walrus, motherfucker.
0: Uh, This record. I am he and he is me. The White Album does have probably the most audible of the backmasking clues, though. Because at this point, uh, supposedly Lennon, uh, fed up with Maxwell yelling at him about putting the clues on the album covers, has now decided to put backmasking clues, in which Chris had a nice little rant about <laughs> doing the Love Gun record about this and trying to find any information. The problem
1: with showing masking on any record is when you show it in a visual form, someone's going to put captions, and of course you're going to hear that caption, no matter how fucking vague. If you close your eyes and listen to it, you're going to hear whatever you want to hear, and you heard nothing. I heard nothing. I heard the word plastic once. Yeah, and that wasn't even in it. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't look at the fucking screen because yep. it's going to just—it's
0: going to force your ears to hear what the context is, mm-hmm.
1: and it's kind of fucked up.
0: Uh, the two main uh, prevalent ones on this one was uh, a reverse of Lennon saying Paul is dead mm-hmm. over and over and the one that's the most popular and I remember this being the first thing I ever heard about the Paul McCartney's death thing was Turn Me On Dead Man which is at the very end of one of the songs that just goes number nine number nine yeah number nine like that but if you get revolution number nine yes and then if you start reversing it and replaying it back to back it starts saying it's turning me on deadman turn me on deadman that was used for a vh1 classic bumper yeah and i remember watching that just going what does that mean what that's clearly a beatles album I, i know what that green apple means what is this? And I remember the next time that bumper came on, Mom was around. I was like, Mom, what is this in reference to? And she goes, oh, oh, the the whole Paul is dead thing. I'm like, what? She goes, oh, yeah, it was a rumor that Paul McCartney's dead. And, of course, my kid brain, not believing the facts behind it, just go, but why would they put that on there if he wasn't? (laughs) So, no, I, I do remember the Turn Me On Dead Man being probably the most prevalent Within yeah. all the rumors, yeah.
1: So like, it's it's the it's, <laughs> it's, it's your it's your conspiratorial uh, smoking gun. It's your Zapruder film, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, and you go going back to what you said, all these Beatle historians were able to disprove everything except maybe two things.
0: Yeah. That isn't proof of concept. No, that just means there's some foggy history in a band that probably didn't That's keep it. the best records. There's probably, I bet if
1: somebody actually just sat Ringo down and asked him, hey, who's this guy? He'd probably be like, oh, oh no, that's Jerry.
0: <laughs> no, no, Jerry. We made him back in 64. And of course, uh, we get the hints, the traditional hints on Yellow Submarine, where uh, someone has a hand above Paul's head, but it's not even an open hand. It's the fucking like rock and roll or I love you signal that yeah. Lennon is doing above Paul's head. But no, 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 no. It's an open hand. Yeah. It's an open hand, guys. Be careful. Yeah. And now. We get to Abbey Road, Abbey Road, the one that even the one and only the the one and only Abbey Road, uh, which a lot of pe- uh, probably the most casual fans mm-hmm. know these hints and this the most simple one and it's and it's probably the most compelling to be honest out of like all these deep rooted clues and backmasking and all this other stuff, this is the only one to me. That feels like it kind of holds any sort of water if all the other bullshit wasn't involved, because the four the lineup of the fours it leads with um, uh, John Lennon dressed in all white all white suit as Chris mentioned earlier looking very Jesus like long flowing hair big beard following up behind that was Ringo Starr kind of just dressed to the nines maybe a bit more like a pallbearer yeah. And then you've got McCartney directly behind him, also dressed to the nines, looking really nice, without shoes. Something apparently commonplace is to take the shoes off the dead. I'm currently shrugging my shoulders and shaking my head because you can connect that to fucking anything. Mm. And then fucking Harrison decided to dress down, and he's wearing like fucking bell bottoms and a fucking tight, like uh, je- jean jacket. A a Canadian tuxedo. Yes. Like a gravedigger. Yeah. So all of a sudden, that photo alone kind of paints an interesting picture. But then when you actually read about it, you find out that Harrison was on his way out. He didn't give a fuck anymore, and he was going to a fucking museum after this. McCartney had hot feet and didn't feel like wearing shoes, Lennon knew they were taking photos and wanted to dress flamboyant, just as you said earlier in the episode. And Ringo was just happy to be there, man. He he got his juice box and his applesauce. He was just happy.
1: (laughs) I would argue that Abbey Road's cover depicts what their fucking music is after they leave. After they each leave. George Harrison creates a different type of sound after he leaves with people like Eric Clapton. And like those guys, uh, what does what does John Lennon do? He does the whole free spirit movement. He's like, oh, lay off and turn off, man. No more violence, and I'm going to wear I'm going to wear this all white suit for you know the modern purity. But like that, but the modern robes of society is is just like a philosopher would, but it's just a modern way. He his hair is long, his beard is long, and that was his philosophy in life. Ringo went out because he's still part of the music business. He becomes a businessman in life in the in the in the music genre. Yep. Paul.
0: It's just Paul. Yeah. <laughs> he's just goofy old Paul. Yeah, and he looks goofy as shit. Yes, he's like a, a r- silly motherfucker. And out of all the members, he's probably the goofiest, silliest. Has the best like sense of humor about everything.
1: Yeah, and like another thing they were trying to pull was, uh, if you look, you know, these two cars form a straight line. Of course, they form a straight line. It's parallel fucking parking. They're parked. They the the, the okay. So but it's parallel parking, and I'm just like, oh, and this guy over here in the shade, oh, that's Maxwell or Death or whatever the fuck I wanted to make it to be. These three guys in the back. They're meant to be the real Three Beetles. And then if
0: you flip over the Abbey Road cover, you see a girl exiting frame wearing a blue dress. (gasps) The dot they drew earlier. They're able to connect all the way at the end. They created this blue dress narrative at the beginning of the story so they could say that the blue dress Mm -hmm. on the back of the Abbey Road cover was the lady. Ah. So, this is the part where I
1: even... I could could make more evidence with ACDC covers. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Than this, than this. So at the very end, there, uh, Harrison is explaining that he's having a phone call with uh Lennon, and Lennon is ready just to end it all. He's ready to come clean. He's ready to do all this yada yada yada, and he's like, "Why can't we just do this? Why can't we just you know just end the Beatles? Why can't we just let it be?"
1: (sighs) The amount of the amount of reaching you have to do and succeed in doing, you could climb Mount Everest in a day with that amount
0: of reaching. Now, you may not know this, mainly because I didn't fully realize this until maybe about a month ago. But Abbey Road was genuinely their last record. Let It Be was not. Hmm. Let It Be was recorded before Abbey Road. So... The reason I know all of this is because of that Get Back documentary. So after they had pretty big success, all that, uh, with the previous record that just escaped me, uh, Yellow Submarine, they, they did a single in which the video was them performing kind of in the round with a bunch of people around them. And it was like the first time they had really performed in front of an audience since the last time they were actually on tour. Well, that sparked McCartney into having the idea of, why don't we record an album as a TV special? Why don't we get all the new songs ready, then have people come in and we record the record live in front of people? One take. So that's what they started getting ready to do, and that was the Get Back project. They rented out a TV space, they rented it all out, and throughout this entire documentary it shows the evolution from the idea of them recording it in a TV space, to Harrison leaving, all this other stuff, to them now going back to Apple Studios to record the album as we now hear it. It was still all done in like a full take, like there were still no overdubs, like they still did it like that, but They recorded all of that before Abbey Road. They released Abbey Road first because they were not happy with Let It Be. They were going to let Let It Be just fall by the wayside. They decided to release it right after Abbey Road just for the hell of it. Yeah, Because Phil Spector got it, remixed it, tweaked things, and added more to it. And that's the album that we have today. Now... On this documentary, mockumentary, they make mention that on the album cover, you see the four faces. And this is what you made mention of earlier, how John, Ringo, and Harrison all have a white background with them playing their instruments. But Paul has a microphone in front of his face with a red background. In the Get Back documentary, you see the exact moment that photo's taken. Yeah. They were running through a song. That red background was the lighting from the TV crew because they were set up in that TV space. So that was one of the pinkish red lights that was shining on the wall behind them. And you literally see Paul McCartney's wife at the time, who was a major photographer, take the photo. They captured that on video. So one... The nerd in me was just like, "Oh my God, that's so fucking cool that they write there's there's video footage of that exact photo getting taken. And then number two, it made me laugh even harder watching this documentary within twenty four hours where they're like, the red was because he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everything's because he's fucking dead.
1: It's ridiculous,
0: yeah. so all in all, I do have to say, the documentary really did do a good job of at least creating a narrative you know because gets, they created a narrative you know there gets, was no narrative before this when we, when we get to it it's like an
1: hour and a half runtime it is what gets me is that he couldn't have spent an extra 10 minutes adding to the conspiracy that Paul McCartney after the death of John uh, after the death of John Lennon after George Harrison after Ringo was kind of just out of the ether doing his own thing, what could have added to the conspiracy is that fake Paul, who has the rights to most of the music, remastered all of it and turned his volume up.
0: Oh! Because that's what Paul McCartney <laughs> fucking did. All the remasters... Well, Paul didn't physically do it. There, there, I could do an episode on that, too, but, but it but, did happen. It did happen. his parts are turned
1: up. Yes. Wouldn't it be better to end the conspiracy with fake Paul did it because he felt that he's He's the the real real. Paul. Yeah, (laughs) And it's so fucking insane why you can't just make up... If you're going to make up a conspiracy, at least make it fun. Well, so... The director, though. Yes, let's talk about Joe. (laughs) Joe? Uh, Joe is a musician. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's a big fan of Bob Dylan. But he's also a big uh, right wing mockumentary filmmaker.
0: And I did not know any of this until maybe five minutes before we hit the record button.
1: Yeah. So when I saw the name, I recognized the name, but when I saw his face, that's when I really recognized him
0: because he shows his face right at the top. Yeah. And he make, what he
1: does is he makes cover up, uh, mockumentaries, uh, because right after this one came out, I believe it was uh, when I saw the, the page on it, it was like 2010.
0: Yeah, it was early. T- yeah, That same
1: later. year, he, he made a, a documentary about how Elvis was still alive. And later on, he made a documentary about Trayvon Martin in Florida, who was killed by George Zimmerman, and how it was a conspiracy. And he made another one before that, that Barack Obama's father was a communist American. Uh a lot of InfoWars shit. He appears on InfoWars quite a <laughs> bit. So, uh, it adds to the the ether. It does.
0: <laughs> that alone, the real life story of this Joe guy adds to this what the fuck history. Yeah. I would have loved it
1: if there was like uh, a DVD version of this where it's produced by Phil Spector. A special thanks to, you know, Epstein and Bill Gates.
0: God damn it. And Jeff Bezos. But no, I just thought that'd be kind of a fun one to go down. Because like I said at the beginning of this, a lot of our uh, celebrity uh, kind of theories are the the dead one is still alive. Not yeah. that one died and got replaced. Yeah, so like Paul
1: McCartney's dead. Avril Lavigne's been dead. um I believe, you know, the Peter Chris one is actually just fun. I know. I like heard that. I heard that one when I was a kid. And I'm just like, <laughs> what, they, what Well no, the
0: Peter Chris one actually had some validity. So yeah, but like well, they had a guy they had
1: a guy come on TV. Well, in
0: nineteen eighty nine, uh there was a guy posing as Peter Chris saying that he was homeless on the streets of LA. Yeah. And of all people, Roseanne and uh her fucking husband, um Oh yeah, I know who you're talking about. Roseanne Barr and uh, her husband at the time. Yeah, I, I forget his name ran across this guy thought it was the real Peter Chris at first and was just like we're going to give you help but within like a couple hours kind of realized it wasn't Peter Chris and brought it to everyone's attention and yeah they got on the uh, the Chris Donahue show yeah. and and like Peter confronted the guy it's just like dude i get if you're like down on your luck but like don't say that i'm down on my luck <laughs> fuck i'm fine <laughs> which he wasn't but still but yeah so that's where all that came from there was someone truly believed That Peter was out on his luck, living on the streets, strung out on heroin, just begging for cash. It would have been funny if it was a woman. That way they could just make a hard luck woman joke. Oh. (laughs) But the sad thing is, Peter actually probably was only a couple grand away from being in that exact situation.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but like when I first saw that the funniest thing I thought was, well, he, they wear makeup who the fuck really knows what they look like I know like, you have to know them on like a personal level to know what they fucking look like <laughs> especially at that time yeah because they're still wearing makeup of, so- of sorts yeah when they take the makeup
0: off <laughs> so listen to no time to turn for us to talk about that one <laughs> Tom Arnold Tom Arnold thank you yes
1: and, and Roseanne Arnold
0: yes but, but uh, no, so fun little conspiracy to go down on that was Paul actually dead. I think it's actually funny though. Here McCartney kind of lean into it some because even yeah. on his Simpsons episode at the very end, he goes, "And by the way, I'm really alive." Yeah. <laughs> so he he leans into it. He gets the joke at this point. Mm-hmm. So again, he's got a good sense. I of humor think the best about conspiracy it. about the Beatles is women ruined it.
1: What that Yoko broke up the Beatles. Yoko and Linda. Yeah, fucked it up for everybody. This photographer and this goddamn Vietnamese agent fucked up the Beatles.
0: And I'm just sitting here going, I'm like, if you really think those two were the reason this band ended, <laughs> you really don't know anything I think, about I think, anything.
1: Uh, I don't, I don't think they broke up the Beatles, but I think Yoko is somehow facilitated the death of John Lennon because he just had to go outside to get away from this bitch. <laughs> They were returning. They were returning. It's, they went out because of her. <laughs> he, she was with him. Yeah. She she pushed him toward the gun. <laughs> Get him, John. <laughs> Get him, John.
0: Anything you say, dear.
1: <gasps> I tell you what, if Chuck Berry was there, that guy would have kicked John Hinckley's ass.
0: But no, that's all I really got on that one. Is Paul dead? No, but it was at least a fun little conspiracy to go down.
1: And it's a good one to add to the oh. We'll be you know, we'll, we'll, maybe we'll do the Alver Levine one. It's funny as shit.
0: <laughs> well, you've got your other one about um uh the old beauty pageant girl.
1: Yes, uh that Jamine Ramsey grew up to be Katy Perry. Yeah. Uh that
0: is God damn, that's funny. Wait, wait, uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe we'll do a celebrity greatest hits because I don't think we, there'd be a full episode of that, but of uh, like just the John Ramsey one. But uh, like, do a little greatest hits of like Elvis is alive and everything. I'm currently else.
1: researching OJ didn't do it. Uh, that's the what I'm researching right now.
0: Is that even a conspiracy, though?
1: Yes, because he did it. <laughs> Everyone knows OJ did it. He cut that woman's head off. Okay. I'm like, I, remember, I remember I said that one time out loud. and I had a teacher it's like, did you say he cut her fucking head off? I guess he did. And I was like, well, almost. Okay. <laughs> But, folks, thanks for listening. This is another great episode of the Cryptic Conspiracy Cult. Thanks, Alex,
0: for filling in. Of course. I'll be here anytime you yeah.
1: want. Convenient guest number two.
0: That's right. It works both ways, uh, goddammit.
1: we got some other stuff back catalog that you may be hearing soon with some different guests. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. And in the Discord, please let us know if you got a conspiracy you want us to hear. And we'll, we'll cover it. Hopefully, we'll have Quinn back next time. And... Uh, Keep on keeping I on.
0: This fucking sucked. Yeah. <laughs> Keep on keeping on, guys.